Good morning. Good to see y'all all made it through our time change from 9 to 10. Um, I wasn't here early, early, but I was here close to 9, trying to get everything ready to set up. So everybody, nobody showed up at 9, so we're good. I think everybody got the message that was coming. So that is awesome. Uh, it's 66 degrees by my watch, but the humidity, I think, is 130, because I'm, I'm struggling to see this morning. Uh, worse than when it's cold. <laughs> so uh, we are just so glad that we can still that we can come and gather this morning uh, here in this beautiful space. We are so thankful for all those who are tuning in online uh, and uh, are able to watch it that way. Let's see if I can hook my glasses so they don't fall off my face. Uh, so we are going to start worshiping at ten o'clock um, because we are in the weather change. Uh, so we want to try to be as comfortable as we can out here. Uh, so just continue to remember that. Uh, charge conference, we have that tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, I am got a setup in the fellowship hall. Um, when you come in, if you're coming at the fellowship hall, it's going to look crazy, but it all is going to function and work well if it all technology works like it's supposed to. And we're all going to pray that it does uh, and acts correctly so we can get through our charge conference tonight. Um, if you do not feel comfortable coming or if you want to do it at home, uh, just let me know, and I will get that information to you. Uh, it's through Zoom, which many uh, have been doing a lot of that lately, so I uh, hope we're not getting too online and Zoom fatigued with that. Uh, but if you'd like to do that from your house, just let me know, and I will get you that information so you can log into the meeting. Um, like I said, last week, if I had beautiful flowers last week, we've got beautiful flowers this week, uh, and they are in honor of Jana's birthday. Uh, she had a birthday Friday, and we uh, thank Lisa for the flowers for those. Um, so we have some beautiful flowers this morning. Again, thank you. Uh, and, you know, if anybody feels inclined, please, uh, flowers. We can have them all lined up. we got lots of space up here to put flowers. So don't feel uh, that you have to, you know, call and say, hey, I'm going to do flowers this week. If you want to do flowers, please bring flowers. We've got plenty of beautiful space to put those, so... Uh, we are thankful for those. Um, I have a thank you card. It says, thank you. Uh, your kindness means so much. Thank you so much for the beautiful mom you sent me. Thank you for all the prayers, calls, and texts. Thank you so much for the love and kindness, uh, Philip Brock. So we have a thank you card from uh, Philip on that one. Uh, are there any other announcements this morning? All right, seeing none, let us uh, open with prayer this morning. So let us pray. Holy mystery, the stories of our ancestors touch us a touch us uh, as dark sayings of old. Help us behold the truth in their stories. We are frightened to see in our own. Open our eyes to see your presence amidst their hopes and their fears. Open our hearts to the courage it takes to assume leadership in our communities while remaining your faithful followers. Open our minds to perceive hope in the midst of despair. We believe, great spirit, so help our unbelief. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Trust and Obey. 
Amen. Thank you for that, Donna. Uh, so we come to a time that we offer up our prayers and concerns and our joys and thanksgivings so that we can pray with one another uh, and celebrate with one another. Uh, I sent out the list this morning. Uh, so if you have not checked your email yet this morning, uh, you should have it when you get home. So please check that out. Um, we have had a couple of names added this week um, to that. But for the most part, uh, all the names that we have on that list, I think everybody knows about. Um, but are there any others we need to add this morning? others. All right. Well, seeing no others this morning, let us take our prayers to God this morning. Uh, this is a prayer of intercession. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you that when you hear uh, Holy Spirit, when I say Holy Spirit, uh, if y'all will respond with help us. So when I say Holy Spirit, respond with help us. So let us pray this morning. Loving God, we ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit to help us pray as we ought. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the energy and vision of your Spirit. For those who are tiring in the battle against injustice and oppression, for those exhausted by the struggle with poverty and hunger. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the hope and comfort of your Spirit, for those whose lives are overshadowed by illness or pain, for those whose lives are darkened by sorrow or bereavement. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the peace and joy of your Spirit, for those living in the shadow of war and violence, for those eaten up by guilt and anxiety and whose Christian life has become hard and dry. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the guidance and strength of your Spirit for those uncertain how to use their time, talents, and gifts, and for those tempted to do what is wrong. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the love and courage of your Spirit, for those reaching out to comfort the distressed, for those reaching out to others with the good news of Christ. Holy Spirit, help us. Loving God, we ask for the assurance of your Spirit, to know your presence with us in our daily lives, in our relationships, in our work and service, in our worship, in our times of joy and pain. Holy Spirit, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we have said for many weeks, we are so thankful for everyone who is able to continue to support Lovejoy and its ministries. Uh, and we uh, are always thankful, especially in this time, that we are 
continuing to be able to bring our worship service, to put it online, and to reach those uh, that are seeing this. So this morning, uh, let me offer this prayer for our gifts that were brought today or the gifts we have received in the past weeks. So let us pray. God of overflowing abundance, when your people suffered from thirst, you satisfied their need with water from a rock. Receive our gifts this day, O God, and transform our gifts into blessings that grace the lives of others like an ever-flowing stream. Receive our thanks and our praise, our industry and our love, that all might share your manifold blessing. We ask all this in the Son's name. Amen. Our gospel lesson today comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. And if my glasses will stay unfogged, I will read the gospel lesson this morning. So hear now how Jesus' authority is questioned. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. And they asked, what kind of authority do you have for doing these things? Who gave you this authority? And Jesus replied, I have a question for you. If you tell me the answer, I'll tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. Where did John the Baptist get his authority to baptize? Did he get it from heaven or from humans? They argued among themselves. If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, then why don't, didn't you believe him? But we can't say from humans because we're afraid of the crowd since everyone thinks John was a prophet. Then they replied, we don't know. And Jesus also said to them, neither will I tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. Now he came, he came to the first son and said, son, go! And work in the vineyard today. No, I don't want to, he replied. But later he changed his mind and went. The father said the same thing to the other son, who replied, Yes, sir, but he didn't go. Which of these two did his father's will? And they said, The first one. And Jesus said to them, I assure you that tax collectors and prostitutes are entering God's kingdom ahead of you. For John came to you in the righteous road, and you didn't believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. Yet even after you saw this, you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have gathered and heard your word this morning, now let us have the ears to hear your message. May the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
<clears throat> so we have today the story of authority. Where does Jesus get his authority? The elders wanted to know. So let's talk about authority. Now the dictionary has several definitions for this one word. The top definition for authority is the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and enforce obedience. The second most popular, and it often refers to authorities, is a person or organization having power or control in a particular, typically political or administrative sphere. But then there's a third definition, and this says the power to influence others, especially because of one's commanding manner or one's recognized knowledge about something. And this one also comes, this third definition also has three definitions under it. And the first one says the confidence resulting from per personal expertise. The second, a person with extensive or specialized knowledge about a subject, an expert, or a book or other source able to supply reliable information or evidence, typically to settle a dispute. Authority. What was Jesus' authority? What was the authority of the priest and the elders? Well, they wanted to know why Jesus could do what Jesus did. So they come to question him. And they ask about these things. Now, when we see these things, we have to go back in the book and figure out what these things are. So the most recent of these things is, is that Jesus went into the temple and drove out the money changers by turning over tables. And using a whip. He has healed a blind man. And he has healed the lame. And the children that were listening to him. And knew him shouted Hosanna to the son of David. And this angered the priest and legal experts. But most of all it's the entire scope of Jesus' teaching and ministry that has been questioning the priest and elders' authority that they are most upset over. And they want to know by whose authority, whose authority that Jesus could do these things. They want to know whose power and whose right Jesus had. What right did Jesus have to turn over the tables in the temple? Who gave him the power to heal? But there's much more behind this simple question of authority. See, when it came to the authority of the temple and religious things, the priests and the elders saw themselves as the only rightful authority that was given to them by God. So they see these things that Jesus has done as a rebuke or slap in, a, in the face of what they have been teaching and what they have been telling the people. You see, it is most likely that these priests and elders were the ones who had approved the money changers being in the temple. So they were probably most likely upset 
because they were no longer getting their tithe from the business of the money changers. And they were probably upset because Jesus disrupted this padding of their pockets. Another thing behind this question of authority is that the priests and elders understand that Jesus does have authority. Because they ask, who gave you the authority to do these things? So Douglas Hare says, Jesus is exercising authority of some kind. Now this is implied by the second question, who gave you this authority? And it asks, what is the nature of the authority you exercise? Because the second question presupposes three possible sources. Jesus' authority is derived from God, from Satan, or from himself. Now this question of Jesus' authority is not uncommon in the scriptures. But the question is not about what uh, he, what he is doing, rather it is a question of how is he doing it. Warren Carter says their own authority centered on the temple is clear. They are the social, economic, political, and religious elite allied with and legitimated by Rome. Their authority consists of social status and power over others, and is based on birth for the chief priest, on training for the scribes, wealth for the elders, and political alliances. They want to know what Jesus' legitimation is. Now, in spite of all they have seen and all they have heard, they are blind to the source of Jesus' authority. They have shifted from worshiping the God who gave them the authority to worshiping the material things and the alliances that they have made. They were trying to trap Jesus so that they could discredit him or have him killed. Warren Carter says his actions have challenged the political and religious elite. Their question is a trap. Because if he claims his own authority, he admits to having no institutional or cultural legitimation. And appears to have acted against God's purpose and certainly against theirs. If he claims God's authority, he blasphemies and violates their jurisdiction. Jesus knew it was a trap. And how does Jesus get out of situations? He responds with a question that makes them question their authority. He asks, where did John get his authority to baptize? Did he get it from heaven or from human? Now Jesus tried to make this as simple as possible for these priests and elders and gave them an either-or, gave them a 50-50 chance. Is it from God or is it from man? And again, Warren Carter says, 
In this challenge of honor, Jesus does not respond directly, but outwits them. The central issue is not of his identity, but whether they will recognize it. Now we get a glimpse into the thought process of these priests and elders. And we find out that they're afraid to answer. They're afraid to answer and are afraid to arrest Jesus. They're afraid to lose their authority, which they really didn't have to begin with. They're afraid to lose their power, their wealth, and their self-image. So what do they do? They chose the path of non Commitment, which ironically betrays their commitment. To not answer displays not genuine ignorance, but deliberate resistance. Jesus has now exposed and discredited the whole religious leadership. Judgment on them and their temple is inevitable. Now, since the priest and elders didn't answer Jesus' question, Jesus did not answer theirs. Instead, he does what Jesus does. He gave them a parable and asked them a question. He tells them of a son who says he will not go out and work, but goes and does it anyway, and another son who says he will go and does not. And Jesus asked, which of these did his father's will? And I can see that they didn't really have to think about this too long. So the priest and elders just almost immediately answered, the first one did. Because even though he said he wouldn't, he went out and did it. To which Jesus says to them, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering God's kingdom of heaven before you. You didn't believe John, and they did. You didn't change your hearts and lives, but they did. You didn't believe. See, Warren Carter says the parables clarify the leader's failings and, pla and, and place in God's purposes and warns disciples not to repeat their mistake. With the answers, they condemn themselves for not doing God's will. The parable tells us about repentance versus hypocrisy. And Jesus declares it is better to be a repentant sinner than a hypocritical saint. It tells us that deeds matter more than words, but words still matter. This is not an either-or, but a both-and. We must remember that Jesus is not talking to the prostitutes and the tax collectors, but he is talking to the priests and the scribes and the elders 
These are words for them in response to their actions and their questions. We know that words do matter to Jesus. For those that cause someone to stumble from the righteous path should be thrown into the sea. Jesus says this in Matthew 9, 42. So take note, though, that Jesus does not say that the priests and the elders will not get into the kingdom. Jesus just says they will enter after. They will enter behind the tax collectors and the prostitutes. This goes back to last week's message that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. That the length of service is not a prerequisite. That repentance, actions, and words matter. We live in a world that is built on authority, that is built on power and the right to give orders and make decisions and enforce obedience. So how do we live? How do I live? Recognizing Jesus' authority. Jesus and John both had similar messages. Repent. Turn toward God. Don't be a hypocrite. Your lineage, your lineage or worldly power or position doesn't matter to God. Who you are and what you do matters to God. So I want to leave you with this thought from Douglas Hare. Christians, too, can become blind to what God is doing in the world around them. How easily church work degenerates into little more than simply maintaining the institution. With no excitement concerning what God's active grace is doing, and consequently no enthusiasm for evangelism and renewal. We say that we are going to work in the vineyard, but instead of harvesting the grapes, we spend our time rearranging the stones along the path. Jesus was questioned about his authority. And he taught us about repentance and hypocrisy. Deeds matter, but so do words. May we live the lives that show that we love God, that we follow Christ's message, and may we use words when we have to. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For our hymn of invitation today, which I actually have it today, unlike last week, uh, is called Covenant Prayer. It was put together by Adam Seat and Jay Locklear, who are both in the North Carolina Conference. 
Um, and it was put together at the request of the youth of the conference. Um, and it's, it's uh, based on Scripture, uh, but it is, it's called covenant prayer, and it's a way that we can listen and pray at the same time. So listen to these words as Adam sings covenant prayer this morning. As we go, 
Let us live a prayer. Let us live into the covenant that has been made with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Receive now this benediction, and as the song plays after the benediction, go forth and be the people of Christ. So go to share encouragement in Christ. Go to offer consolation in love. Go to spread the gifts of the Spirit. Go make God's joy complete. Do these things, and you will truly live. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen.